Hey, welcome to the Morning Mic Check. I'm Pat Brown here with Mike Metzger. Mike and I have known each other for a while now. I first met him around 2010, and he's become one of the key mentors in my life. Over the years, we've had countless conversations, and in almost every one, I've walked away having discovered something new. Mike has this unique ability where he can reframe a conversation, and you begin to discover a deeper reality around you. It's a bit like Alice tumbling down the rabbit hole. I'm releasing these conversations as an invitation to follow me as I go down that rabbit hole. Morning, Mike. Good morning. With the current state of the economy, a lot of companies, uh, surprisingly, I think even in the tech sector, which has been in this kind of isolated bubble for a long time, um, a lot of companies are doing, you know, small to significant layoffs mm-hmm. uh, in businesses of all sizes. I think some of that's probably due to immediate impact, but also some of that is more planning for the future and preparing for the worst. Um, as they do that, you know, a lot of uh, navigating that is, I'm sure, challenging. It has to be as as a a business leader, a business owner, that's got to be tough. Um, but but given that, I'm I'm curious. You know, there are a lot of horror stories uh, of getting let go, and I'm not sure if there is an ideal way for that process to happen. But I am curious your thoughts. Um, is there is there a better way to do that? Is there a uh, a way to do that 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 maintains dignity of the person? Um, and and same same question to the receiving end. You know, as as we go through this, if you are on the receiving end of uh, you know getting let go or you know, reduction in force, whatever, um, how do you how do you navigate that and not get too devastated um, if you've particularly just lost just lost your job and mm-hmm. you know that's a, a potentially a seriously life changing event. So, two questions for you as a business yeah. and also as a as an employee. Okay, well, yeah, let's talk about that because it certainly is in the news. Look like um, Meta and all the rest were Teflon at one time. They, they were, uh, he, he couldn't, everything slid right off and the economy rolled on. Right. And now the reduction of force is pretty significant. Yeah. So I don't know how they do it. And uh, I you know, obviously we wouldn't know on 99.9%, but we hear some of the stories. Uh, I still love the scene from Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. And when uh, Alec Baldwin comes in to tell him <laughs> there's a new boss in town, if you, if you've never seen that film, just Google it. Uh, Google that scene. First of all, you won't recognize Alec Baldwin. You'll say, my goodness, mm. that's Alec Baldwin? But uh, it's kind of the worst uh, case scenario. Yeah, let's talk about it in this regard. Um, the, the There are two sides to the story, obviously, because there's two parties involved. Um, when you said, uh, I wrote down, you used the word uh, respectful, maintain their dignity. So let's take the best case scenario and leave all the bad ones out. The bad ones are when you're marched into a room and you know maybe there's 100 people and they're told to bring a box with all your stuff and then you're some, kind of summarily dismissed. Yeah, That happens in part, the best I understand it anyway, uh, this is what happens when you live in a litigious society. And by that, I mean, um, HR will be aware of, uh, if you go off message, 
you could set yourself up for a suit. So you stay on message and then often uh, less is more, fewer words. I you know, think of a friend of mine who worked for a large corporation, we'll leave the name out, but at 4.30 on a Friday, uh, he had someone from HR knock on his office door and open the door and told him, um, put all your personal belongings in this box and give me your keys and your ID card. Your email has been frozen and, and uh, need to talk to you down at HR. And at five o'clock, he left the building. Now I had, uh, that was it. <clears throat> um, and this is uh, of a large corporation that sort of kind of fashions itself a bit upon um, human nature and perhaps even thinking about what scripture might say about all that. Um, but I recall, because I visited him sometimes at this, in his office, that the, it felt it felt more like he was working at the IRS. Mm. And I don't say that to flatter the IRS. <laughs> And, you know, in the same way, now I think about it, I am, by the way, listeners, Pat and I don't prepare any of these thoughts, so. They're, they're um, coming to you live. They're just coming to us live, <laughs> whatever is alive at this hour of the morning. <laughs> so I, too, uh, had an experience, I can, um, I can give you the exact year, in 2002. And I worked for uh, a ministry that is somewhat known. And the, the president gave me a call and. We met at a Barnes and Noble in uh, Annapolis, Maryland. And he sat down and said, uh, today's your last day. You're done at 5 p.m. And uh, so that was, you know, it wasn't disrespectful. Uh, <laughs> I will say, he said, uh, there's something we'd like you to do at 2 o'clock. That was a, a task that needed to be done. And, and uh, but then... Um, often a classic in these ministries. He said, uh, plus we have found out that our accounts are in arrears and we can't give you any severance. Mm, now, they had a president came in about 10 years later who we met in uh, D.C. and he apologized for all that and said that was uh, disrespectful. But I will say it's pretty much the norm. Again, I had another friend of mine named Rick, and he worked for, again, a well-known ministry. And they were famous because of their founder was the main fundraiser of hiring and laying off every year. Hire 50, mm. 60 people. Next year, lay off 25. Next year, hire 12. Next year, lay off 50. So, you know, um, unfortunately, the evangelical world is sort of famous for this uh, hiring and then uh, laying off. So let's talk a bit about it. Um, there are probably, well, I'd like to approach it this way. There are two sides of the story. And so there are, there are ways that uh, a business can do it, but I think that they have to do it in a dignified fashion is to do it um, as a surgeon views surgery. Now I've had, uh, surgery. I had surgery once. I uh, had tore, tore my quad tendon. Don't recommend that, listeners, for anyone. And uh, the surgeon was a friend of mine, but I've always known the surgeons say the quicker the incision, the smoother the cut, and the quicker the healing. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. 
So I think that uh, it can be done in such a way that, um, listen, it's not going to be easy to hear, but to begin to uh, slather words upon words to somehow smooth the uh, landing, hmm. you run a risk. And uh, here's why. <clears throat> so you and I are of the male species, and there's a folklore has it that the men especially when we're younger, are crummy at breaking up with girlfriends. <laughs> uh-huh, that knowing laugh. <clears throat> and I can think of one or two myself. Uh, why are we crummy? What's the crummy part we do? Uh, you know, I heard it from a friend, of course, not speaking personally, but I would guess. <laughs> of course. Well, I do think there is a bit of maybe saving face, uh, even even in the the best situation. I think you're, you no one likes to hurt someone else's feelings, um, and different personalities will have different kind of reactions. But it's just not fun. It's not fun to to hurt someone's feelings, and if you know that it's going to be a, a rough breakup, that's you're probably going to botch that because you're not doing a quick surgical cut. You're probably trying to. <laughs> do a nice soft landing um, without ever, you know, yeah, I won't take the metaphor too far, but. Well, yeah, because we don't, we're not suggesting, first of all, uh, anesthetize your uh, girlfriend, knock her out, then tell her that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, don't yeah, do there's, that. There's, um, and so I can recall um, one of my uh, famous times of doing this. I just, for some reason, and I think I was a fairly new Christian at that time. Now I'm even newer, <laughs> younger. Um, <laughs> and I remember thinking, so here's what I'm saying. I'm saying about this woman that I want her to think after I break up with her that, gosh, Mike is still the greatest guy in the world. Mm. I mean, he's going to be some kind of catch for some woman. And then I thought, here, here, here's how sick it gets. So 20 years from now, she's happily married to Biff, my fictional friend. And she wakes up every morning and goes, Biff, I'll tell you what, the greatest guy I ever knew was Mike Metzger. <laughs> that's <laughs> sick. <laughs> but I think that's part of why we do it. We want to, quote, let him down easy. Or, and, you know, let's, we ought to be honest. What we really want to do is we're trying to save face. Right. And... Um, I think that the, the uh, back to uh, a business, what a business does well is if it, if it treats a person with dignity and respect, it is essentially saying what anyone who even breaks up a relationship is saying is that there's two parties involved and the uh, dumpy, if you want to call it, the one being dumped, laid off, let go, has some level of responsibility in how he or she responds hmm. yeah that's hard you don't want that to be the answer yes the unique thing now, now, now here again what is unique about the judeo-christian tradition is other, uh, uh, different than the animals, is that he, uh, male and female are given a moral capacity that they are response-able to God. In other words, chipmunks don't wake up in the morning and go, 
holy is the Lord, great is his name, and we're here to cultivate the earth, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, you know, the old joke is beavers have been making dams the same way they've been making them forever. They don't watch HTV and say, you know, we, we could upgrade this dam here. <laughs> That'd we be amazing. Get, we could get some Filipino wood in here, and because uh, we don't have... Uh, we could put in the custom vinyl flooring instead of this uh, having to chew these logs, so on and so forth. You get the point. But we are response-able. We, we have a capacity to morally respond to the mandates that God gives us, the first of which was to be fruitful and multiply and cultivate the earth. And because of that, that's where this idea comes along of we have capacity we are responsible we can be responsible people we are responsible where we get our word responsibility the person who's laid off has some responsibility i would almost argue more responsibility for how he or she responds to being laid off companies that try to smooth it like the boyfriend breaking up with the girlfriend are doing not doing well and also those who just dump unceremoniously uh, don't do it well they could mm. improve mm. but the fact of the matter is it's a hard truth and it's going to hurt and you can't assuage the pain and you might not even be helping the person to try to assuage the pain i'm thinking now unfortunately of another woman that i broke up with and when we finally broke up, she said, uh, so how long have you been thinking about breaking up? Oh. It's not not the best question. <laughs> oh, man. I didn't anticipate that question Look coming. <clears throat> oh, man. And I wanted to lie, but I knew this thing was heading south fast. And so for her to discover that a couple of months, mm. so it's a, it is a... Uh, it's a hard truth, and it reminds me of a. <clears throat> I'm a big fan of the work of Jonathan Haidt, H A I D T, professor up at uh, NYU. He's written some great stuff, um, and his most recent book is about the the coddling of uh, the American mind, especially in colleges now. Coddling, meaning that. Um, we really don't prepare college graduates to hear hard truths. And we are in what uh, Philip Reef described as we're, we've moved into a therapeutic age. And in a therapeutic age, um, things that uh, trigger hurt or um, anxieties or anything like that, we're, we're teaching kids in college to um, treat that as bad to avoid it, uh, to accuse the other, to make that someone else's problem. We're not teaching people responsibility that uh, if something's been triggered in you, that might be your responsibility to deal with it. And so <clears throat> I think the challenge in this is um, yeah, I, I was responsible when I was told at 2 p.m. that I was done at 5 p.m. These were the tasks that they had for me. And there was no severance. Whew, that's a tough one, though. Well, it, it was. Let me see. I was, uh, I'm trying to think how old I was then, too. Well, it's, it's quite a thought, too. 
when you bring faith into it, I mean, then in that situation, I, I do think that was probably not the best way to handle it. Probably not even <laughs> yeah, yeah. close to the best, maybe not even a good way. Um, but you know, I think in terms of, yeah, respect to the individual, asking them to do something after, after the fact, probably not the greatest. Um, definitely no severance is, is not a, not a, a helpful way at all to handle that. So it's, yeah, I, think, you know. I just find it fascinating that the ministries are resplendent in these stories of really yeah. unprofessional ways to do it. Right. Right. But the professional way, remember the word again, professional means you're professing something. Doesn't mean you're a high priced doctor, although that is a profession, but it's you're professing something. So we're professing something when we lay people off. I think that it can be done well, but in being done well, probably less is more. And probably the uh, quicker cut of the surgeon and not trying to anesthetize the person before by slathering on all sorts of praise because that sounds like a bait and switch. Yeah. But the uh, it, it could be as simple as saying, um, listen, no one enjoys being the bearer of bad news and I have some bad news. Hmm. It's not a like... It's in medical profession, it's called a little bedside manner helps. And so a good doctor will say, well, I have a friend of mine who's been battling cancer for a year, but, but uh, I learned that the doctor simply sat down and said, uh, you have stage four blah, 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 cancer. It would probably have helped a bit to go, listen, I've, I've got some difficult news and I know this is going to be easy to hear and it's painful for me to tell you. But you still have to, I would say, don't spend too much time on that, but spend enough that says, I can feel what this feels, but it doesn't negate the fact that there is some bad news here. Yeah. Well, this is helpful. Our, uh, our younger, younger audience, one day in the future, when we have one, <laughs> we'll, we'll be able to listen to this and, and break up well hopefully <laughs> but yeah that's that's the big i hadn't thought about that the payoff is i don't know what those two guys are talking about but i've been wanting to break up and marry for the longest time <laughs> and it dawned i mean i'm just chicken you know it <laughs> i think it is worth i think also for those of us who are um if uh, you listen to this and you're a christian you might you might give some thought to Christian uh, Smith's work on this. You can Google Christian Smith. He's in Notre Dame now, but he would say the reigning gospel that we hear in most churches today in, America, in the United States, he called it moralistic therapeutic deism. Moralistic is you, teach, you learn things that are descriptive of God, but God never prescribes anything, and preachers should never prescribe. They should only describe. Uh, therapeutic is God wants you to be happy, which he does. But God would never, anything that uh, any thou shalt not is judgmental. And then deism is the transcendent God. He's up there far away. It's pretty much free to do what I want with my body. Now, if you're inculcated with that in church, then it's going to be difficult for you to be laid off because therapeutic, you're going to feel bad. And 
you worship a God who does not make people feel bad about themselves. And also, if you've gone to most colleges, you have been coddled, as hate says. You've been successfully kept from anything that might offend you. And by the way, God bless Stanford at least. They took down the website. Did you hear Stanford had posted a website a month or two ago called uh, basically outlining unacceptable words at Stanford? No, I think I missed this. Well, and they just took it down under a hail of criticism because it just went to length about not only the pronoun controversies, but all sorts of words that uh, they just feel would be harmful, would harm student psyche. Oh mm. my God, that would be terrible. And so uh, you imagine working for uh, Tesla or what have you, and someone comes on and says, we're laying you off. And you, your immediate response is, you've been coddled. You go, this really wounds me. This, this uh, hurts my psyche. Yeah. And uh, they go, what would you do with that? It doesn't remind me of the Corinthian church, but when the people were wounded, they took, they tried to take Paul hostage and want another hostage. And like, you can't do that. You can't drink alcohol because I come from that background and that, that hurts me. That wounds me. And so I've, you can't, you don't have that kind of freedom. You can't eat meat sacrificed idols because I came from that background and, so what happens with the uh, coddled mind is you have a weakened conscience and every, everybody else becomes a problem. You might give that some thought if you're a Christian because you're going to be, he might very well be laid off someday. I, like I said, I've started five, six different um, organizations and I'm kind of a starter, but the fact of the matter is I did work for a large one for three years and after the third year I was laid off. Well, you bring up a good point, which is, you know, in an ideal world, someone may think, oh, well, you, going back to our, our dating analogy, you know, you, you meet someone and it works and the relationship progresses and you get married and there you go. And of course, in an ideal world, maybe that's, maybe that's the path, but far more likely you will experience breakups on the way to a, a happy, healthy God-honoring marriage. And if you cannot handle that, then life is going to be rather challenging. And so I think in the same same regard, you know, when we talk about business, I do think it's easy to get caught in the idea, which is businesses are started, they grow, there are no issues, and everyone stays on payroll. But there is an unfortunate reality, which is businesses do need to go through these and and sometimes they're too extreme sometimes they are drawn out sometimes they're done poorly but there are uh you know let's just take that just to kind of th throw light on the other side let's take that that room story that you, that you started out with you know I've, I've heard this too where a bunch of people are are gathered into a room and you're given your notice and when you walk out the, the day's over and that it's easy to look at that situation and go, oh man, shame on them. That's just such a terrible way to handle that. And I think that is a really hard, hard way to, to receive notice. As a business, you have a lot of things to consider. You know, you don't want widespread panic. You, you, 
you take a, a big risk if everyone still has access after that, you're going to have some very angry employees. That's right. And, and so you have to mitigate that risk somehow. So like there are really uh, serious factors that could harm everyone else still at that company. So it's just a, right. it's a hard, hard path to navigate. So if, if your assumption is that will, that will simply never happen, it's just not true. It's going to happen, and it's far more likely going to happen to you somewhere along the journey to, you know, between now and old age. And, uh, man, to, to not be prepared for that, I think, is is tough. And, and that's coming from someone who grew up <laughs> probably in the moralistic therapeutic deism. Um, but it is, you know, it. I, I'm sure hates books provide more insight into this, but it does beg that question of how how – what is a what is a healthy faith what's what's raising what does it look like to raise children with you know not only healthy faith but also not getting into the moralistic therapeutic deism or the coddled coddled mind um i think that's 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 a tough question too well that's a, that's really well put pat i hadn't thought about it, but you think about it, if you have if you have a company and they've got 52 people they know they're going to lay off today bring them in one at a time is a recipe for disaster it it really yeah it's really hard to do well and eventually where it's going to get out or and yeah, maybe right. maybe you're saying like we should have everyone should know about that well well maybe but then then you're also operating under a false ideal assumption which is no one's going to react negatively or inappropriately or immaturely or, you know, and that's, that's just right. unlikely. Um, but there, right. there are, there are, I think behind the scenes, what you don't hear when you read the, the massive meta layoff, and I don't know the insight or details of that, but what you don't hear is, well, what did the severance package look like? How do they care for their, their mm-hmm. health benefits after this? How do they help individuals with visas? How do they help individuals get other jobs? You know, you don't, you just don't hear any of that. And, for some companies, they're they're taking care to do that, and I think that's that is one way that, and like you said, it's you can you can do a quick cut, but at least you can you can care and, and maintain the dignity of of people. It's just not going to be. There's no no path that I think is going to be happy, and I think that's 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 hard. That's right. Close with two thoughts. First of all, <clears throat> there is a country that's boasted uh, zero unemployment. For yeah. decades. What country is that? Soviet Union. Hmm. And um, so I visited the Soviet Union the year before the wall fell. Well, I tell you, a lot of happy workers there. Do I detect sarcasm in your voice? That's yes, right. No, it's actually satire. We're trying to stay away from sarcasm. But <laughs> especially when I was in the, the, the original dilapidated um, terminal, the airport, I uh, can't even pronounce the name, but in Moscow. And you have probably every 50 feet someone sitting on a folding chair in front of a door that I have no idea where it opened anywhere. And they were man after man sitting there. And they sat there all day. They had a little bag, a uh, lunch bag. and uh, But they had zero unemployment. No one was laid off. And they could boast. Um, so it goes against the grain of what um, Joseph Schumpeter was famous for his um, phrase, creative destruction. The, uh, that the fact of the matter for an economy to grow and for businesses to start, you have to be able to endure the gales of creative destruction. 
the fact of the matter is that's how nature works. Um, the trees have fallen, the leaves have fallen, what have you, and they compact in the soil if you're around long enough, become diamonds. So I would urge you as a believer, you might meditate on this verse. It might help you mitigate or actually get past coddling and um, really unrealistic expectations. And Jesus said it this way. We close with this. Truly, truly, I say to you, Mike, Pat, unless a grain of weed falls into the earth and dies, it remains by itself alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. So unless we come to terms with death, dying to even perhaps a moralistic, therapeutic, deistic gospel where everything works out well, dying to that, if we never do, we will remain and be isolated individuals. But if we die to it, our lives can bear much fruit because from death comes life. And from the gales of creative destruction comes newer companies and better businesses and more flourishing businesses. They can anyway. And that is a rhythm that God established long before the fall in the creation of the heavens and the earth.